Hi, Paul. Hey, what up? How you doing? What up, Eagle Open? No, that's not the sequence. <laughs> that's not how it goes. I'm going to mix it up. Don't, don't remix my name. Eagle Open Mike. No. I can't answer to that because then I'll let, then everybody Yo, gets to how it. did you get your name? Uh, my name is Michael Eagle. That's my legal what? name. It's Michael Eagle. Yeah. Me and my dad. That's both of our names. How come I didn't know that? I should have known that from the beginning. Well, it's okay if you don't. Michael Eagle. I didn't know your real name for a long time. Oh, either. yeah. No, no, I should know my real name. Yeah. It's Chess Rockwell. That's right. Ch it's short Michael, for Chester, folks. Michael Eagle. That's, that's, that's like an ill name. It's kind of cool, but it's my dad's name, too, so I never really thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of slept on how cool it was. Oh, shit. My name. I got a bird in my name. That's kind of <laughs> ill. Like... You Mr. Eagle. That's oh, just so yeah. L. Because I, I was a teacher, too. So what? I got Mr. Eagle. Yeah. I did not know that. Teaching yeah. what? Uh, the last thing I taught Not math. Was... <laughs> <laughs> we established that already. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm tired today. But um, I, the last thing I taught was third and fourth grade special ed. What? But I was the teacher. You know what I mean? It was Mr. Eagle. It was my classroom. What? You know? Oh, I'd pay to see that. No, it was trash. It was, I was the worst teacher ever. Actually, this is the thing. You know what good teachers do? They go home after a long day in class, and they spend two to three hours that evening prepping for the next day. I would not do that. <laughs> I was winging it every day. What? I'd come in after the show. I'd be teaching kids hungover. I got real good at teaching hungover. Oh, Yo, man. I was, this I, is amazing. Well, you know. Yo, you need to, like... That needs to be the next show. Yeah, I'll just interview myself Man, about. And you talk about teaching. shows and development stuff. That would be a good show. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was traumatic, but maybe people would like to see that. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about you, Paul. <laughs> Try to turn it around, Michael. On me. Wait, wait, hold. So, where did Open come from? Uh, me hosting open mics and shit in college, and being that dude on campus who would just rap all the time. Oh, so people call me open that's mic. So ill. Yeah, so it was open mic, and then so I was just gonna be open mic as an MC. Like I was going, you know, on, on my records, it was gonna say open mic. But then there was another open mic in Boston, mm. uh, and then there was this other dude named Open Mike who I think is from Germany. And <laughs> why you made a face when you said Germany? Well, <laughs> the other open mic was cool, but Germany's like a Germany. Let me tell you why I made that face because it made me think of something. Back in the MySpace days, uh, my MySpace was just open mic, right? Um, and that's how I ended up learning about the other ones because one of them was like, "Hey, uh, I'm also <laughs> open mic," and then the other dude in Germany, "Hey, uh, I'm also open mic." But that dude, he used to promote his shit. On my MySpace page. Really? That's yes. slick. That shit made me so upset. That's slick. That he would just come drop his thing on my little bulletins page. I'm like, hold the fuck on. <laughs> this is what you're not supposed to do. We have an agreement here. Is he still around? I don't know. Uh, he probably is. Oh. He's probably a big Prince Paul fan. He'll be listening to this podcast. Yeah, and find, this is how he finds out I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I added the eagle on, just for, closed, for, for differentiation. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But again, Paul, we're here to talk about you. Uh, this is, you know, this is it, man. This is, this, is the, this is the final contractually obligated episode. <laughs> Don't do me like Tommy Boy. Well, you know, <laughs> we're, we're clear about contracts around here. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Open Mike Eagle recording live from the internet. Y'all know me, though. Y'all heard my voice for a long, long time. So this time I'm coming back at you, but I'm not coming alone. The Black Prince. Could I, be right? I brought the legendary Prince Pum-pum-pum-pum World famous disc jock Inventor of the skit in hip-hop And damn, we won a Grammy with Chris Rock, yeah Motherfucking yacht Sailing down the motherfucking harbor, right? Chilling down the motherfucking harbor I interviewed the man from here in computer land I'm asking him questions on behalf of the super fans, yeah Cause I'm one And the answers are for everybody he got stories, so I asked for one. We having fun and laughs, cause he has a ton, yeah. And like that, a podcast begun, cause he answered, well, what had happened was. Yeah. 
This is what had happened was I'm Open Mike Eagle and I'm with you once again with our every week guest. We'll get back into it in one second, but I need to take a quick moment and shout out our sponsor, DistroKid. Man, so many of my homies use DistroKid. It's a music distribution service that makes distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to put their music on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. A million plus artists, and I swear I know at least 100 of them. And now DistroKid has an app. You can use the app to upload new releases, see your DistroKid bank, and get notified when you've earned royalties. You can even check your streaming stats live. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS. Go to the App Store and download it. DistroKid also has a new feature called Instant Share that allows you to easily share large files securely with collaborators, producers, booking agents, managers, playlist curators, and more. Basically, anybody that needs access to your music, there's an easy way to upload it and send them a link. Go to distrokid.com slash instant share, drag and drop your files to upload, and then you can copy and send your link right there. It's free to send one gigabyte of files. That's like 100 MP3s. Don't quote me on that. Go to distrokid.com slash open mic. That's distrokid.com slash open mic. O-P-E-N-M-I-K-E for 30% off your membership. The one and only Mr. Prince Paul. How are you doing today? Hola. Okay. You come with a different hello every time. You hey. got 12 different hellos. You know, hola. Everybody likes that. Yeah. Hola. Especially save the accent. Hola. <laughs> Como esta? Estoy muy bien, gracias. ¿Y tú? <laughs> never know what I'm going to get. I never know. <laughs> this is the podcast where we discuss your long and illustrious career focusing on project to project. And we've talked about so many of them. We've talked about oh, yikes. every album with De La Soul. We've talked about A Prince Among Thieves. We've uh, talked about Steps of Sonic. Yeah. We've talked about Handsome Boy Modeling mm-hmm. School. We've gone through just about everything. We've gone through most of what had happened. So we wanted to spend this episode talking about what didn't happen. It's about like divorce. Let's do an episode on that. Let's do an episode on divorces. <laughs> you know? Or rappers divorces. Rappers divorces. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep going. Tia, so we want to talk about what didn't happen. In a career as long as yours, with so many successes, there's bound to be a bunch of things that almost took place deals that almost closed things you were working on talks you were in and stuff that didn't end up being manifested didn't end up executing yeah that's a lot of stuff man i always go by this out of every 10 opportunities one and a half usually materializes damn so that's nine and a half conversations (laughs) that's that's eight and a half see me in math look man how many times you went inside hey man what's up like here's my card man let's connect and it just doesn't yeah i have a lot of business cards (laughs) i never looked at again it's true (laughs) so before you know we started taping i asked you about a few things that didn't happen so i got a little list here so i'm gonna bring these things up and and you gotta you know as much as you want to get into it tell me about these things that didn't happen so the first one here is you were working on a cartoon show with Nickelodeon. Oh, with the Bomba Fire, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Bomba Glide by. Yeah, uh, what happened uh, What happened was, coming up off of doing A Prince Among Thieves, I started getting all this opportunities for writing. Hmm. Because I guess people saw me as a writer based upon this, you know, my stories in A Prince Among Thieves. And, you know, I scripted it out. And to me, it was, you know really my first endeavor in screenwriting or I, I there's no screen involved but you know what i mean like right. I, I i've written it as, as such as you know as a as a movie and so one of those opportunities was i got approached to do a cartoon for nickelodeon it's like wow. we'd be interested in developing a cartoon for nickelodeon i'm like what met the you know the girl at work there she was like yo i'm gonna hook you up with the, you know with the people the creative people there we're gonna sit down we're gonna have this conversation i'm like yes i'm like yo cool i'll do it so i sat there well do you have representation at the time you have like agents repping you no. and like so you just this is just 
<laughs> things was popping with people coming at you directly. My whole life has been that way. I rarely had any serious management. If it lasted, it was like for a minute. Uh-huh. I'd be a manager. Some reason we don't get along well. Like I don't play well with managers because I. It, yeah, either they don't do the work, mm-hmm. or it's work I'd get anyway. Right? They're, they're not right. really they're not like bringing you an yeah. opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you know. Now, okay, for example, this Nickelodeon thing, I gotta give fifteen percent of something that somebody approached me for. Right. I might as well just give it to the lawyer and have him just do the do the deal. Yeah. What? <sighs> so that's easy math. <laughs> <laughs> so you sit with Nickelodeon, you meet with them. Oh, I meet with them and they're excited. And I'm like, yo, I got this cartoon that I want to do. And of course, every black person is going to always reference Fat Albert. Right. Because they grew up. And I was like, I got this. It's going to be hip hop. And I got blah, blah. And we got to the point where we're outlining the characters. I wrote out all the characters, what their whole thing is. Well, obviously, first I'm going to put what the cartoon is about and how they all relate to each other, but I had the individual characters, the names. Do you remember, like, how fleshed out the concept was in terms of what the show was going to be? Yeah. I was at the point where I was making episodes. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? And the concept of each episode. So I had the characters. I had the whole concept put together. And we're at the point of getting the artwork done and sketching out the characters and who's going to write them and who's going to, you know, what I want to look like. Mm -hmm. I still have those things. So we got to that point. So I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, so, you know, I'm going in every week down to in Manhattan because I live in Long Island at the time. You know, they even cut me a check, Oh, nice. you know, which was really nice. And then at some point as we get there, OK, let me tell you how far the steps are. Now we're getting the illustrators to come in. Because now we got the concepts for all the things, for all the shows. You're going to write them out. But now we're going to illustrate each character. Nickelodeon's on board. We're going to keep it pushing. I watched the news. I think it was Viacom. Mm-hmm. Might have been running Nickelodeon at the time. Yep, still do. Whoever was initially running Nickelodeon at the time, or, or whatever went down, everybody got fired. Damn. So... Everybody gets fired. Like, like whatever the main company was, and you could y'all could do the research. It's Viacom. Yeah, get fired. Everybody and everybody in my department that was putting this project together got booted, jobless. Which actually is easy to tell you where that led to my <laughs> to, to my cartoon, and it hurt me, man. I was like, oh man. I was just cleaning up some stuff in my house and going through boxes and contracts and throwing away stuff. And I seen the Nickelodeon one and I mm. just wanted to cry. Uh, I've had that experience, too, where you work with a network on something and it's going real great. And then this executive vice president leaves and another uh, executive vice president comes in. Everybody was interested in your stuff is gone. Yeah, or... It's just that the person with the new regime doesn't want to mess with the old regime mm. projects. That's not their project. Yeah, they, didn't, not, they bring didn't bring it in. in. They yeah. didn't bring it in. So, like, they don't, eh, you know, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I've seen it happen. I've been on the other side of that, too. <laughs> and it's not a fun feeling. It's not a fun thing. And I'm telling everybody, I got this cartoon. Yeah. I'm excited. Because usually I don't tell people things are going to happen until it's really in motion. And this was in motion. Yeah. So I'm able to tell you, I got this cartoon. Yeah, you got to check. So, like, that was already, you know, things was things was movement and, and then it's also so you said this is after prince amongst thieves, after thieves. Prince amongst thieves. So, so this is late 90s early yeah. 2000s yeah the name of the cartoon was called kid squad kid squad was it now mind you that was a name that was in the early 2000s it might be cheesy now but then it worked but it's and, a it was, it was, and it was nickelodeon it was yeah. friendly mm-hmm. you know we talk about snapping all the time it had like a lot of nice snaps oh like you know some roasting in, in the yeah, show yeah, okay yeah, some light. but even they were getting sense well you can't really get that you know i'm like oh Okay, so I had to make light roasting. In there. It was it was fun. It was you know the misadventures of these kids who had a hip hop group, a young hip hop group. Nice. So they were like in the show. They were like famous. No, or, okay. not at all. It's almost like I uh, said. You know, basing off of Fat Albert, they had the little junkyard band. Yeah. But imagine taking that just a step further where they're more involved in that in their day-to-day I as see. opposed to just, hey, let's sing a song. And they're right. just hitting on some radiators and stuff. <laughs> right. Like, what, they stopped chasing the guy who took the cookies for a second because <laughs> yeah, they're going to yeah. make a song yeah, real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it, wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was a little more. They were a little more dedicated. <laughs> yeah, they were a little more dedicated to the art. Yeah. I mean, there's been a long history of 
rap acts actually having cartoons too so it's not hammer, even like a far kid and play. Thing. Yeah, hammer had hammer man <laughs> hammer man was the shit he's a little superhero hammer man hammer I had Hammer Man toothpaste, you. What? I had Hammer Man toothpaste. Boy, I'm old because I'm like Hammer Man. I'm, I'm a grown man when that came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this corny cartoon? Yeah, okay. See, I was a little kid. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's a different relationship. Yeah, it's a different. Hammer Man. Hammer Man. And he had toothpaste. Yeah, toothpaste. Hammer had a lot of stuff. But yeah, Kid and Play. Even Andre 3000 had a cartoon. He did have a cartoon. I forgot about that. Yeah, Cartoon Network. Oh my he God, I forgot about that. Class of 3000. And this shit probably what? lasted six and a half episodes, but he had it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, man. Whoa. So that can happen for you, kids. Yeah, there. but at least they got it on the air. They got it on the air. You know, it's tough to close the deal. Mine would have been better. It's still been on the air. How you like that for, like, being confident? <laughs> Channeling my inner Kanye. <laughs> yeah. You would have had the longest-running cartoon. Hey, man, it would have been, been crazy. It would have been like, uh, what's a long-running show? The Simpsons. What's even longer-running? How about your evening news? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been on some evening news type of thing, man. You know? oh, you would have we never would have had this podcast. You would have been too rich. You would have been too rich. Hey, man, I hate to say so, but that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, different money put me in different places, my friend. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, Kid Squad didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen, man. Didn't happen. Another thing you told me about that, I think it happened in some sense, but it never kind of happened like you wanted it to, is your imprint doo-doo man oh. records. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to scratch some joints out, man. Yeah, scratch sadness. Yeah. How do I start out with this? Okay. Doodoo Man. Doodoo Man. It's late 80s, early 90s, 89, 90, around that time. The success of Three Feet High Rising mm-hmm. had me all over the place, man. It, it. I wish I was prepared for it. I wish I was a little more mature. I would have really reaped all the benefits and got all the opportunities from everything that it offered me at the time. But at that given time, R- Russell Simmons gave me a call. I get this call out the blues, Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, Paul? I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, give your own record label. I was like, nah, I'm good. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to do it? It's like, nah, I just really want to focus on just making records and, you know, becoming a better producer. You don't want a record label? Come on, man. Hang up the phone. A little later, Leo Cohen calls me. So, Paul, I'm like, what? Get this record label. They're pressuring me. Wow. I'm getting this for about a good two or three weeks. I mean, and they talking money at you? Are they saying what you could do? And, like, they trying to sell you on it? Or they just... It didn't get that far. Because okay. I'm, I'm already... Nah, I'm good. Right. Nah, I'm good. I wasn't really making a lot of money. I've never seen money in my life. So, what little I got, I was kind of like, $5,000. <gasps> yeah, whatever. Whatever <laughs> yeah. I was getting, I was like, I was good, man. Right. You know? So, plus they weren't speaking of money. And that wasn't my focus. I was so focused on music and mm-hmm. making music better and i always say like i always want to give back to music what it gave to me so mm-hmm. i was very nothing about business all about just the culture and and you know the artistry of it so they going on for like three weeks i turned it down and then i talked to my lawyer about it gentleman by the name of eric greenspan great mm-hmm. lawyer oh great dude man can't say enough good things about him he, he's one to taught me everything about the proper way about writing and publishing and you know he Just took the time to, ha- to how teach to handle the, the business in the real way he was ice tea's lawyer in the red hot chili peppers really wow. good guy he's like you know paul if you take it he wasn't telling me like pushing the issue he's like if you take it you get a chance to you know sign whatever acts you do they'll give you this amount of money they'll give you that because you know after a while i, I put him on to the lawyer like talk to my lawyer yeah and he explained to me, I was like, you know what? I get to sign my friends. Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is. I have another conversation with Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the label and I want to call it Doodoo Bad Records. Right. And he was like, oh. You, he could hear him. He was on the phone with him. Oh, Did yeah. you hear him deflate? Oh, he was like, oh, Doodoo Man. Yeah. It's like, why don't you call it Prince Paul Records? Yeah. I'm like, nope. I was like, if it's not Doodoo Man, I'm not doing it. <laughs> what a hill to die on. The Doodoo Man hill. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, okay. Uh, all right. All well, right. Just let's take a second there. 
And let's talk about doo-doo man, yeah. right? Because I'm familiar with you singing that from the radio skits on De La So is Dead. And, yeah. you're, and you're the doo-doo man and you're on the air. And, yeah. And, and, and people are calling, who's the doo-doo man? Yeah. You're the doo-doo man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to MC Rocco Ritz and the So I was familiar with the character at least that version of it from that. But what was the story behind Doodoo Man? Doodoo Man is very simple. It's being in school, in junior high school, and the teacher's talking. No offense to you teachers out there. <laughs> uh, and you're just doodling on your books. And I always drew this doodoo character, which is now the doodoo emoji. I'm going to put that out there. I made that in the 80s. The exact one. Except mine had a cape on it. <laughs> Yeah, so, the, the super doodoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I write this little thing and I put a cape on it and put a D on it and put doodoo bed on it because it was just funny. And so I, you know, and I wrote on everything and everything was response. You know, use profane language. I always say doodoo and they always got to laugh. We got to mm-hmm. rise. Right. So I carried that on <laughs> to my adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Doodoo Man came from. So I was very adamant because one, I really didn't care too much about. It. It's like I'm, I'm doing a label. I wasn't like I'm gonna do a label. I'm really thinking about. It. I was like, yeah, yeah that's one of the things. It wasn't. To do. It wasn't a focus. Of oh, yours. not at all. I mean, and, and like I said, in hindsight, I would have took it more seriously. But it was like, yeah, I get a chance to sign my friends, gonna have fun. And I was thinking of guys around the neighborhood. I was, I was uh, my boy Mike Tulux, who I signed, who was a guy I grew up with. I know him since junior high. He was really dope. Wait, Mike, oh. that was his stage name, Mike Tulux? Yeah, well, his real name was Michael Tuluxing. Okay. So his name's Mike M-I-C Tulux. So that was his name. Really, really exceptionally dope. And then Resident Alien, which I put together, which was my random friends who were like from the Caribbean. And how that happened was I saw my friend who was in the street talking and he pulled out a card and it said Resident Alien on it. I was like, yo, what's that? And it turns out that you had a green card, you know, <laughs> and that was his ID. And I was like, yo, I'm make a, let's make a group called Resident Alien. Where you from? He's like, yeah, man, I'm from, uh, I think he's from Antigua. Okay. And then my other friend was from Jamaica, and another friend wasn't from Jamaica, but his parents were born in Jamaica. I was like, yo, we're gonna, I'm going to put y'all together, we're going to call you Resident Alien. <laughs> <laughs> what style of music? Were they making? It was like reggae infused. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop. It was fun. We used to fast forward. We got a, a budget. I signed a deal. I signed my two friends. Mm-hmm. We start recording the projects. Resident Alien was really kind of the first one to work on. Who's the distribution through? It was Def Jam RAL, which was Columbia. Okay. And then later turned to Sony. Gotcha. So I'm recording these albums. I think it's going great. I like it. There was a guy that worked at Def Jam who just started working there who I thought I was in cahoots with that I think was kind of an A&R kind of working there. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say his name. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And Russell would come to me. He's like, yo, how's Jeff doing? It's like, oh, man, he's doing great, da-da-da, because I thought he was working on my side. Like, I would help him secure his job there by giving him, you know, good praise, and he would help me get the stuff I needed done for the label. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, the album was done. Keep that in mind as I go on. The Resident Alien. Yeah, the Resident Alien album is done. Russell and Leo really don't like it at all. (laughs) I mean, they don't think that the music is good. Because they're looking at De La Soul. And they're looking at me, myself, and I. And they want to me, myself, and I. And I don't know. That was like a fluky record. Like, we just kind of just came up with it with no formula. So I didn't have a formula to sit and make a bunch of, like, radio records. And that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. And I'm going on my silly side. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is funny. (laughs) You know? And I get to work my friends. I had a record. They don't like it. So I lean on Jeff. Yo, Jeff, tell Russell and tell Leo to, you know, put this record out. He goes, tell him, oh, the record's whack. Damn. Jeff hit you like that? Oh, what? After helped him secure his job. Oh, no loyalty. Jeff, yo, Jeff was, you know, what they call probation? He's oh, on okay. probation. I got him past probation. <laughs> I'm begging him. Every time I see Russell, yo, oh, man, yo, Jeff, he's... Threw me under the bus. Hardcore. They didn't like the record. They're delaying it. Right at that point, they had signed Downtown Science. They signed EPMD off of Sleeping Bag Records. 
Slick Rick. So they had a full house of people. Right. So I was really not important, especially for a record that they didn't like. So then I focused on the Mike Tolux record. Man, that's a long story short. So but, this record that never came out? Oh. Resident Alien? It's online somewhere, okay. you know, but not really put out. And I don't think those are the right mixes anyway. I finished the record. We do a video. What's the song? You remember what that song's um, called? It's the Resident Alien. Is it Alienation? And, uh, Is that a song? Nah. Okay. We, we did one. It's the Resident Alien. And then we did Ooh the Doodoo Man, which was an introduction to the label. Cause I the told, song was an introduction to the label? Yeah, yeah. I had Resident Alien and Mike Tolux. And here was my idea. This is the, the ingenious part. I was like, yo, Russell, I got this idea. I was like, I want to make a commercial. He's like, a commercial? I was like, but this is how we're going to hide it. I'm going to disguise it as a music video, but I'm going to sell the label in the process. So that I'm, sounds I'm, I'm, really fucking smart. I'm going to talk about the label. You could service it as a video. Then it's an introduction. So by the time people be familiar with the artist, they'll be familiar with the label, boom, boom, boom. Of course, they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. They did it. <laughs> So as a intro, we did Oodoo Doodoo Man. It came out as a video first. Then it came on the B-side of a song called Mr. Books by Resident Alien. And those are the only things that was ever released mm -hmm. was that single. The album got shelved. Mm. Mike Tolux got shelved. Mike Tolux didn't even get done because, oh man, it, and this hurts because it was my friend and he was misappropriating the funds. Oh, no. So you was giving him budget to make the album, and he was buying Cheetos. and I gave him a, an advance. I paid for the studio time. He was just taking studio time, giving it to other people. He was, <laughs> Oh, he was flipping. He was renting other gear. Damn. So by the time that I, I recorded his album, which never got done, it was almost to six figures with nothing done, Whoa. with nothing completed, nothing mixed. Damn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, did y'all ever... Y'all never made up it don't sound like this is the early 90s i probably talked to him four times since then maybe three times and that's like bumping to him on the street or being he's at with a friend and he's on the phone like hey what's up man? i love him but i stay away from you that, that burned that hurts and this should have been a sign because what i what i did was before russell said i could sign the groups i needed to make demos mm -hmm. so i made demos of mike and i made demos of resident alien when me and mike made the demos mike took those demos and shopped them elsewhere. What? He's trying to get another deal? Trying to get another deal demo? off the demos I made to show Russell to it's give him a deal. crazy. And stupid Paul, because I love my friends. And I know Mike, even though I'm since kindergarten. I just overlooked it, still signed mm. him. And that was just a tale. That was just a, an introduction of what was to come. And so, needless to say, to put this out, they didn't like the music. Russell calls me up one day. First, Russell was mad because he knew Mike was taking money from me. He's like, yo. He's like, why you let him do that? And that? He was really upset. And then at some point, <laughs> this is what ended it. This is what ended it. Because I couldn't get my records out. And I seen other artists at Def Jam couldn't get their records out. I was like, I'm going to make a union. Whoa. You're going to try to start a union with, with Def with, with with, with the rappers on Def Jam. Yes. Wow. So I talked to Sam Sever from Downtown Science. I don't know if he'll remember this. And I talked to a few other people, like the artists who couldn't really get their music out properly, wasn't getting attention because there was so many people. I was like, yo, I was getting all together. If we make a union, then as a collective, they will be heard because individually they're not putting the records out. Da, da, da. Literally, about three days later, five, the following week, I get a call from Russell. You don't want to be on this label anymore, do you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't be in this label anymore. I was like, well, not really. Like, I put the records out. He's like, you know, call your lawyer. We'll get you a release. And, you know, I was like, I'll pay you money back. He's like, oh, that's nice for you to say. You know, but it's it's okay. Just get the, we we'll get the release. Man, you're going to try to start a revolution in there, man. Man, he, somebody ratted on me. Because <laughs> I was very adamant. I was getting everybody. I was trying to get the bigger names. I was like, yo, I'm going to make a union. Has there ever I'm been a, a situation like that where there's been a union of, no. of recording artists? No. Then that's just it, man. And I don't see why they've never... Well, they didn't do it because you would happen to me. <laughs> I'm a prime example when you try to start a union at a record label. Because it does seem like the, the natural record label response, unless you did get everybody huge, it'd be like they just drop you. Like, 
Yeah, you know? I mean, it, that, that's what I was saying. I was trying to get the huge names, too. And, yeah. I, you know, I should have known. You know, I got wind of it somehow. I'm guessing this would happen. Maybe not. Maybe it was just, you know, by happenstance it just worked out. But it conveniently happened after I was trying to put a union together. Yeah, I'm sure he heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, probably Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Old punk-ass Jeff. <laughs> I won't throw the last name. <laughs> but, yeah. Me and Jeff almost got... Oh, I don't want to get into it. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Well, we're going to... Um, play this uh, Ooh the Doo Man some of this song I did find it on YouTube <laughs> so I'm gonna check this out so great this great Harry producer Prince Paul my own record label oh Jesus the video look at you you're, you're so young what kind of is this I need rap backs I need rap backs now whoa See, I want to shoot videos like that with that minimal, like you just got like two windows and a desk and that's the office, like in a studio. Hey, it's cheaper. I love that look, though. Damn, it's awesome. What's happening with this quality? Oh, yeah, it's horrible. But I think, you know, it's, I think it's just a, it might be the upload the person did or a bad Wi-Fi signal. Who's that? Oh, that's Mr. Bug <laughs> for Resident Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Oh, that's Double B. He double B? Yeah. His name's Brian Birthright. So Brian double Birthright. Yeah, that's a hard ass name. <laughs> oh, that's a little yeah, That was the doodle -doo man drawing. <laughs> That was the poop emoji, uh, <laughs> and that's a that's a cleaner one of it. That's not that's not like the one the one I made looks more like the emoji that's yeah. on the on the phone. That's why I got mad. Oh, and that's uh, that's Mike Tulux. That's Mike. That's this is the uh, oh. this is the hustler. Yeah, man. Look at Paul though. You look so dashing. And, and, and I say this again, man. I still love Mike. That's my man. You know, yeah. just that we can't work together. Right. This is funky though. I thought it was. You know what I mean? For its day, it seemed like it fits in that in that you know De La Soul feel. Yeah, man, it's Mike. Yeah, yeah, man. And that, that was like to me, I was like, yo, that was a, a, a good way to make a commercial. I got it on all the video things, they played it, you know, get people talking about it. Yeah, and that was it. That was in the doodle, man. That was the end of doo, -doo man. Yeah, I got I got Pour out a little liquor for the doo, -doo man. Yo. Yeah, man. You know, I got some of the Mike Tulux record. Maybe I'll put it up on Mixcloud or something. And the Resident Aliens out there, but it, I'll put the real one out. I listened to it not too long ago, and it's really hokey. So maybe it's good, <laughs> maybe it's good it didn't come hokey. out. Hokey? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it, sound, it means what it, how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, what had happened was... Next, we're going to talk about an artist who you were supposed to work with, the legendary duo Run DMC oh, or Trio. I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. This is probably the first time I ever talked about it because I really don't talk about all my failures. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a situation where I got hit up by Jam Master J. Wow. God rest his soul. Hit me up. Always love Jam Master J. Good guy. Yo, Paul, we're doing the next Run DMC record. Got any beats or any any music for it? I'm like, yeah, I got something for it. Oh, I had this song that I made. Oh, so dope. Had this guitar loop in it, and I could hear them rhyming on it, but it was funky. It was like real soulful. It wasn't like Run DMC rock guitars. Oh, I love that. I could hear the beat in my head now. I was like, oh, this is so dope. I can hear him rhyming. It, I gave it to Jam Master J. He was like, oh my God, this is so great. This is going to be a hit. Da, da, da. He's, we're going on. We're like, ah, oh, he's excited. I laid the 24 track, waiting for um, Run DMC to yeah. hear it. Run was like, nah, man, I don't want to use no guitars. Oh. Jam Master J was like, yo, but it's not rock guitars. It's like the same guitars as whatever. He's like, nah, man, we can't do no guitars. They're expecting us to do guitars and we don't want to, ba, ba, That was the beginning and the end. It just never happened. It got shot down, and Jam J was like, "Yo, man, I love this beat. Mm. I really, yo, I think it's done." And we're going on. He's like, "But they don't want to use it." And I, it wasn't like he made it up because I heard them say <laughs> they didn't want. You know, I don't remember what DMC said. 
I, I think he probably just agreed with Run at the time, you know, but it was so ill. It was hardcore. It was like slow. It was just like one of those like, you know, you just screw face the whole time, like punch you in the face songs <laughs> and you could just hear them just killing it. And it, that hurt me to my heart because that's one of those things that I made and I could actually hear the artist on. It's not one of those things where somebody give you a beat tape and you go, yeah. I like that one, I like that right. one. This you was made designed this with them in them. mind, with their voices and their cadences. Oh, yeah, and it just got shot down. You never ended up using it for nothing else? Because you have, you know, sometimes you make a beat for something and it ends up being on some other project because nah, you like it. It, it. it just lived and died oh, that day. I hear you. you know, I just let it go. I was going through like some eight track or four track cassette tapes I had and that came across, you know, and I played it and I was, because it's old beats. I have, I have beats at my house. It's tapes because it's four track and it were cassettes and uh, eight track tapes that are cassettes and it's labeled one. 89 180 so it's like months that i made all this music and that came up and mm. i was like oh, forgot about this and i closed my eyes <laughs> and i bopped my head in a screw face uh, and i just thought like man this has been dope Run dmc did it because they were trying to come back because they had all those years of making whatever they were making yeah. you know and people were kind of coming up so this is like early 90s you know this is when run dmc it's like down with the king type time probably, yeah probably run yeah. down with the king yeah Oh, man. Oh, okay. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, another interesting story that uh, I wanted to get into is around Prince Among Thieves, which had a lot of excellent collaborations. Big Daddy Kane, Biz Marquee, De La Soul, Everlast. There was somebody else who you had been talking to to play the part that Big Daddy Kane ended up playing. You were in talks with... Uh, notorious big oh yeah you know what happened is when i was doing a prince among thieves at the same time i was conceptualizing prince among thieves and getting all the parts together i was recording the last gravedigger album mm -hmm. and we were out promoting not no this was even beyond recording we, it was out and we were like promoting the album and so we were in la at a radio station at the same time Biggie was there. And when I was thinking of casting the Prince Among Thieves album, I was like, man, if I can get Biggie, that'd be so dope. It's so far-fetched. I don't have the money. I don't have whatever. But somehow, as fate would have it, it put us in the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. He was there. I forgot what radio show it was, promoting whatever he had coming out. And it was at the same time as the Soul Train Awards. And I remember he had a cane because he was just in a car accident with little C's at mm -hmm. the time. And I remember meeting him briefly. And then me saying to myself, because he's like, he's going to be at the Soul Train Awards. I'm like, you know, I'm going to meet him there. Because I was kind of too scared to ask him then after saying, hey, man, what's up? I was like, I'm going to go out to the Soul Train Awards. I, I'm not invited to get in, but I'll see him on the outside. I'll right. get there early. I'll give him, the, you know, the spiel and the tape. And now since there's an introduction. Well, just so happens that um, that night I got detained. Mm -hmm. I was hanging tough. Gotcha. He was in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so... Time had passed, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, maybe I should go now. I was like, ah, I'm going to chill out. <laughs> then I get a call from a man, Newkirk. Yo, man. I'm like, man. I was like, what's going on? He's like, yo, uh, yo, Biggie got killed. He got shot. I'm like, what? That night. Yo. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, my plan was to go down around the Soul Train Awards and see if I could talk to him. So I'm thinking to myself, the time I would have been able to talk to him was probably, always oh, get out the car. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Security probably, no, everybody kind of knows who I am. They saw me earlier. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could talk to him. Imagine if I was at the truck That'd have been like, trying wow. to hand him a cassette tape playing something and they got shot up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if you remember, it was parked. Am I right? It yeah, I do still... believe it was. Yeah. So, you know, I think that often, like, I wish I had the opportunity to ask him when we was at the radio station, but at the same time, I'm so glad that I wasn't there. So right. me, me hanging out was like a blessing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And usually I'm, I'm always telling people, you know, be about your business, do what you got to do, whatever the case is. But sometimes, you know, as fate would have it, you're at the right place at the right time. You're and where you're supposed to be at every exactly. time. Exactly. You're not, you're not at where you think is the right place. Ain't always the right place. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So it worked out for me, you know, in that regard. I mean, it didn't work out, unfortunately, you know, God bless his soul for him being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Of course. But um, I really wanted him to play true 
on Prince Among Thieves. That oh, was true, right? So the uh, the antagonist character. Yeah. That was the plan. Yeah, like I said, I know I didn't have the money. He might have shut me down as soon as I got, hey, man, I ain't from with you. Security. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Right. Maybe I'm like romanticizing the whole thing, you right. know what I'm saying? But it would have been nice just to ask for him to at least say no. For sure. Yeah. For sure. There's definitely one invitation that you didn't imagine. You know, y'all names are kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only, the other prince. Oh, <laughs> I can't say yeah. the one and only, yeah. the other prince. The one without the paw. The, the regular, one, the regular one, old prince. Yeah, the one with the symbol. <laughs> prince <laughs> Rogers Nelson. Yes, you know? the, yeah. the one formerly known as. Yeah, this was a weird situation because Prince had just, I think, got Paisley Park records with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he had signed George Clinton. And so... I get a thing from the manager at the time. I think uh, I might have been managed by Rush. Um, Rush which is, Rush is yeah. Simmons and Leo Cohen. And they're like, yo, Prince wants to know if you do this remix for George Clinton. And I'm like, what? I love it. I'm a big George Clinton fan. Send me the song, whatever the case is. I get the song. I remix it. It comes out. It's not a great remix, but it comes out. And then I hear later as I'm doing the remix... I should backtrack a little bit as I'm doing a remix. Yo, Prince wants to extend an invitation for you to come out to Paisley Park. Like, he's a fan of your work. More so Three Feet High Rising and, you know, stuff you do. I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, man, I- I'm kind of busy. <laughs> and not on an arrogant thing. It was I was really working at the time. You know, I think my son might have just been born. And I was just so focused on music and making music and being true to whatever I was doing at the time. I was so, I don't know. I, I knew the greatness of Prince, and I'm a big fan. Oh, my God, he's like an icon and yeah. everything else. But it was just more of me just being zoned in on what I was doing and me not realizing when you're young, sometimes you don't realize these opportunities will always be there. Right, because you, you don't realize that. It's going great right now, and it's not always going to go this great. Yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be, you know, that dude forever, but I never really took into consideration some of the opportunities that I was turning down was of the moment. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, man, when I did a, A Prince Among Thieves... I got invited to some little dinner party, some party as Mariah Carey was hosted. Mariah Carey was was like, really? She don't even know who I am. That that was never extended again. (laughs) (laughs) I got invited to do the right thing, the premiere with um, Spike Lee. And I still got the pizza boxes, the promo. I kept it. I got invited once. I was never invited again to Spike Lee thing. It's everything when you're hot. That's you know what I'm saying? Happens, that's yeah. that's when people want to be around you. And, and Or even not just that. That's when the music is fresh in their head. Right. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they still like you, but, you know, the next thing came up, and now they're focused on and that. That's about black sheep. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't realize that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize that Paisley Park wouldn't be an option anymore. I'm thinking, ah, I'll go, you know, I get a break, mm-hmm. you know, or... But I was really just focused on music in the end. Like I said, I could kick myself because it had been nice to go there. Who would have known what that would have turned into? Right. I could have, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Who would have known? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've kicked yourself enough, and we've talked about what hasn't happened enough. But <laughs> I wanted to leave a little bit of space as we kind of round out, you know, this multiple episode podcast about your career like since we've made some space to talk about what didn't happen can we make some space to talk about what's gonna happen what might happen what's on the horizon well in my head (laughs) aside from me taking this money course from uh video dave that's that's a great idea wanting to make a billion dollars it really works i would really like to do and i plan on working on another handsome boy record and i gotta i gotta do that sooner than later it's been sitting in front of me for the last two years i'm not gonna lie and a lot of why it hasn't been moving is because of me mm-hmm. but man another handsome boy record at least one more would be great we got to see how that process turns out i just got to get focused once i get focused i got the music and stuff in front of me it's mm-hmm. just a matter of putting it together and i'm excited too about putting out another handsome boy record because now i have a good understanding of chess rockwell and the character ah and now just going out 
and performing it and going out as a persona, I think I could do him more justice. Okay. Because I didn't take him serious before. You know, I just... What have you learned about Chess Rockwell since those albums came out? Uh, That he is way more handsome than he thought he was. Oh, he's more handsome? (laughs) I didn't think he could get any more handsome. Hey, and who would have thunk it? You know, so it's... uh, He's very handsome and uh, he's not really expressing to the world his full handsomeness. So So he had like a handsome glow up. What? Man, look... I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going to get my handsometer to okay. really gauge. Handsometer. <laughs> you know, to really gauge the handsomeness. So it's uh, Handsome Boy Modeling School, which me and Dan have been talking about. And I've been to Dan's house. And, you know, we, we've. Uh, it's going to be pursued. It's That's that. exciting. Me and Newkirk, a good friend of mine, who you hear me mention often, we scored a Malcolm X documentary. I think wow. it's called Who Shot Malcolm X? Who Killed Malcolm X? It escapes me for some reason now. That's awesome. And it's a six-part series. It's really, really good. And the music is excellent. Newkirk, who I love working with, I've known since I was 14. Yeah, we, we, we did work on this, and it's really good. And we're from that, we're going to put a soundtrack out that you can actually purchase. So we're working on that right now, is getting the music from at least the certain music from the scoring that we did and we're going to make a a soundtrack available it's really really good and on top of that i have an idea for a screenplay Mm. that i've been sitting on for a long time don't take it to nickelodeon (laughs) i'm not gonna take the nickelodeon i outlined it i spoke to the rizzo about it i was like yo man if i get the screenplay could you go it's like yeah man i got you and i will see that's that could be one of them eight and a half things yeah yeah it could be one of those things that just don't go man but at least i can put it out and shop it myself or find an agent or whatever, depending on how good it is. But I got, a, I think, a really, really good idea. For like a feature-length movie? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, really good idea. So I'm excited. I can't wait to write it out. I'm a little antsy about it. In addition to that, I'm trying to... Mm, it's one thing I really can't talk about. Word. But it's something that I've been working on, and let's say by next year this time it'll be out. Awesome. That's the plan. And the rest of it is I just want to... I'm in my... My hip-hop twilight years right now. And like, so what does that look like for you? That looks like I kind of want to chill out. You know? <laughs> no, I love music and I love DJing. Like I, I want to, if I get more gigs, that'd be really good. But I don't put myself out there like that. Like I want to DJ more. I want to perform more. You want to perform like as a DJ more? Like travel around and do it? Yeah. As a DJ, it's fun, man. I love DJing. DJing is my first love before, yeah. before anything. When you was, you know, a sucker duck. Oh, suck-a-duck DJ, man. <laughs> you know, I love producing. Producing, kind of, I kind of fell into that and everything else and writing and all everything. But my first love is always DJing. Mm-hmm. So if I could spend more, that'd be good. But, you know, I, I really just like to, like, take this course, make a billion dollars and kind of sit on it for a bit. It's a good <laughs> you know video, Dave. He's, he's, got the, he's got the lessons you need. <laughs> you know, that's my man. If I could do that, I'd be good, man. You know, and just and just chill out. Move down south with my son and live off of his money. <laughs> you know, shoot, man. I took care of him long enough. He needs to take care of his dad. That's the hidden lesson. You have kids and you make them take care of you. Yeah, man. what? Man, go out there and make that money. <laughs> Don't be a sucker duck. Well, you know, I wanted to make sure to express appreciation for you sitting with us all these hours and talking about your career in ways that are vulnerable and emotionally present and you know we we got to dig into some things that for sure has some sensitivities around it and just want to say that we appreciate you opening up about all of these stories and talking about all of the pain and the trials and tribulations that went into all of this stuff and so we can really as listeners have all of this context about what went into all of these projects. I appreciate it. Like, I, I, to be honest with you, I was surprised when you had asked me to do this and you said, I was like, so what do you want to do? It's like, it'd be about you. I'm like, me? <laughs> and I, I literally thought at the time, or honestly thought I should say at the time, that what have I done? You know what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't think I, I you know, me, I didn't have enough to offer mm. to, you know, to even talk about anything in a podcast. I, that's how little I really think of my career in my life. Like, I don't, I look back and I hate to say this, but I, I always think like, man, what could I do more? Or what mm-hmm. haven't I done? Or what, you know, I feel like I, I haven't fully accomplished what I can do in my in my head. I haven't made my best record yet. I haven't, mm. I haven't really shown the extent of... How nice I am. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. So when, you know, so giving this opportunity, I appreciate it because it, it does give me 
a chance to look back and, and not feel so bad about myself. You know? <laughs> you know, really, like I told you, I go through these moments where I think that I'm a failure. And, and so times like this, it, it makes me really appreciate the, to see others appreciate the work that I do. Well, I yeah, you know, it, it, when you think about it, though, like there's not too many people that you could even have these sort of kinds of conversations about. You know what I mean? Like right. there's been people who've done a couple great things. There's people doing awesome things right now, but there's not too many people that have put together a career with, you know, 30 years of doing things on that high of a level on their own terms and all the success and failure that can come with that. Like, it's just such a different journey than almost anybody you can think of. And I just think that that's a really, really unique thing. And so it's just just feel super fortunate to be able to dig into it with you over this type of time span. We could really deep dive and actually talk about each and everything. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Because this is, uh, whew, I, I mean, man, this has been a ride. Because you, you, br- you brought these, me through some records I and know. times and people. And, I know. I've made you talk about some shit you don't even want to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. The one thing I'm glad we didn't get into is women. And we got the women. <laughs> I'd be crying. Well, I'd have to leave, take breaks. But, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not professionally trained, so I can't, I can't, I can't handle, I can't handle, you, you know, a, a, a complete nervous breakdown. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's so good. But no, but I, I appreciate this opportunity and I hope the people who listen to it get something from it and enjoy it as well. And if there's any common denominator beside me being doubtful and sad through most of these records I've made <laughs> is just, um, is perseverance. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, it's like, even when the odds were against me on a lot of these projects and even people, even close people, you know, towards me, I just always kept going. Like I said, until I saw a stop sign, mm-hmm. like I, I believe in myself. And I think if you put out that energy and you, you got to have the talent to go with it for the sake of sound cheesy, man, you can do anything. Right. Like I really feel, I feel I could do, I could do anything. You have done anything, you know, you've done and not everything in the sense that there's nothing left to do. But you've done so many different things that no one could have ever imagined possible, especially coming from come in the hip hop space. That has always been, unfortunately, it's been very limiting for a lot of people. You know, when you've always been able to indulge your imagination in a way that a lot of people don't think to do or try to do. And it's just been really inspiring for, you know, for artists like me coming up and and just, you know, people in general to see that you don't have to do it the way everybody else is doing it. And you can really put your chips on yourself and your own creativity. Thank you. And I've been very blessed, you know, and, and very fortunate. And, and I appreciate the fans and everybody who also supported me because even through all the stupidity and all the weird stuff I've done, <laughs> you know, people went out and supported and bought the records and went came to the shows and did all the other stuff. And though I've had my tough times with Tommy Boy, you know, Tommy Boy has always been there, you know, De La Soul and Grave Diggers and, you know, everybody else who I've worked with along the way, you know. So, I don't know. It's It, it amazes me. Like, so sitting back and talking about this really amazes me because I, I, I really don't feel like I've done much, man. And uh, maybe that gives me a sense of humility, mm-hmm. even though I do feel like I could do anything I want to do. I, but, I love the duality there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that duality. <laughs> well, I think uh, this is a good a place to end it as any other. Uh, oh, I have been here. That now? It's about to end now. I'm your uh, humble and fortunate host, Open Mike Eagle, and we have been with you week after week with the one and only Mr. Prince Paul. Any parting words for the folks out there? To believe is to achieve. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> you got to take, take the advice when it rhymes. <laughs> and adios, amigos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace. Yeah.